Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. What is something from your search history? Um, okay, so Kim Cattrall scatting was on the list. Uh, <laughs> also on the list was Final Destination Composer, because there was this, uh, it, it was a clip that I was looking for that I vaguely remembered from a Final Destination DVD. Didn't remember which DVD, but I was able to find it. There's this really great, I think that she composed most of the Final Destination soundtracks, and I was really into those movies growing up because they were just so nasty this is oh, yeah. final destination three aka the tanning booth one but it's uh, it's the final destination composer describing her process and i think they're like setting her up to like really be like so you know being a musician is really hard but what she does is she has this like little like grosso meter and she's like so when i'm writing for final destination three there's like you, you, I, there's a point where I say it's a little gross, it's really gross, or it's like <laughs> someone's on fire and they're dying gross. And I just kind of figure out like if it's level one, two, or three, and oh. that's how I write all the music. And she has this little like hand drawn grossometer that has like hand drawn blood <laughs> dripping on it, and she's like, and that's really all, my whole process, and that uh, I, and it works. And I was like, holy shit! It it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. It, it holds up. I will. I'll send the clip because I like pulled it so that for posterity. She was so straightforward. I I I appreciate that. She's like, it's not hard. I just like that. <laughs> also, demystifies something like right. the composition of a film score, where I think yeah. most people like, if you're not a musician, you're like, I don't even know how what these people fucking do. They sit down right. and start writing notes on a fucking page. Like, what the fuck? How is it? And then. <laughs> But if you're a musician, like you understand the process a little bit more. And then for me as a musician to hear her just be like, nah, it's real simple, man. Like it's <laughs> there's three vibe levels and that sort of determines where I go with it. Like, yes, she, simple. Perfect. She's so good. Her name is Shirley Walker and she died shortly after the Final Destination 3 came out. She was like she set the tone for Final Destination and then she arrived at her Final Destination, I assume peacefully and not like a Final Destination right. movie. Um, but like she, uh, it made me laugh. Well, she was driving behind a, a tractor trailer that was carrying a bunch of like logs, right? <laughs> and rebar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As peacefully yeah. as one can. And go, then a yeah. thumb track, a thumbtack truck crashed on the road <laughs> up ahead of them anyway. Oh, no. I'm she sorry. died as she lived. No, yeah. she was, she was like. <laughs> I, so then I like this I is a level going, three on the gross <laughs> her own system she did but she did so many and then I like went down a Shirley Walker hole I'm like this lady was so goddamn cool she did like the score for like Escape from LA and True Lies and like all these fun movies and wow. she was like one of the first prominent female film composers and she worked on a grossometer system I love her that's amazing. I lo I love that especially like I would like to view that next to another like a director's commentary from those films who's like being real pretentious and 
being like, well, you see. <laughs> She's just like, nah, it's uh, it's Final Destination. Whoa, she was the music director for Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Damn, like, that's she's goat. cool. Okay. Yo, her, I'm sorry, her death is tragic as fuck. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was before, sad. too. Yeah. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like she, she like passed away like eight months right after her husband passed away. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, Ugh. rest in power, though. Oh, and she won, she won an Emmy for Batman the Animated Series. She's really cool. I don't know. I feel like there's all these like stories like this of like pioneers in fields that no one ever talks about. And then whenever you stumble across it, it's always hey. the coolest story of all time. 100%. I'm like, she's working. Fuck, it worked with Danny Elfman. And then that's what she based the Batman. All the, what the, f- ah, this is good. She's awesome. And so I'll I'll post that clip of her explaining her grossometer composition system because it's great. We will put that in the footnotes. footnotes. Uh, I respect Final Destination, the Final Destination film franchise, like the same way that you respect like a children's book author that just like taps into the mind of a four year old. Because like if you had given me like limitless time to write a movie when I was 11 years old, it, like I would have come up with the Final Destination, like best case scenario, I would have come up with the Final Destination movies. What if fortune cookies were true? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they totally nailed exactly what I was looking for in movies when I was like, oh, yeah. To this day, I will not reach my hand into a sink. Like where there's a, a garbage inc- a compactor incinerator thing, blender, oh. you know what I mean? Incinerator uh, without <laughs> thinking of Final Destination. Yeah. It's no ridiculous. Thing. Final Destination 3 was, I think, the first Final Destination I saw. The one where everyone dies on the fucking roller coaster. And oh, it's right. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the lead. Like there's a bunch of people who ended up getting famous. But in this one, they're just beheaded on a roller coaster. It's so fucking. Like right away. Gross. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's a level three. Amanda Crew is in Final Destination 3. Who would have known? Yeah. Yo, she's a fucking legend. She worked with everyone, and based on how her credits are working, I'm I'm going to presume she had a lot to do with a lot of these scores because whenever like you have Hans Zimmer or like these other people, it's very collaborative. I mean, right. I mean, early on, a lot of them are doing a lot of composition, but like at this level... She was worked with Danny Elfman on Dick Tracy, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, well, dude, fucking Hans Zimmer on Bird like, on I a Wire. I can hear most of these. Yeah, <laughs> I can, yeah, damn, it fucking worked. On, this is this is what a league of their own toys radio mm-hmm. flyer with Hans Zimmer Renaissance. But okay, you know what? Damn. Right. Okay, Shirley, she, walk on. When she died, she had like what? It, what was it at the time of her death? Shirley Walker had scored more major studio motion pictures than any other American woman. She's a badass. She's cool. Yeah. Wow. So that's a, that was a fun way to learn about Shirley. Highly recommend going down the Shirley hole. Yeah. Because like she's conducting like like when these some of these credits at the very least, she was the conductor when they were recording these scores, conducting the orchestra or whatever. Man. Mm-hmm. Fucking backdraft. They're- wow! <laughs> Wait, Charlie! <laughs> Charlie! <laughs> Charlie! She's a, uh, and she only lived to be sixty-one. Legend. Yeah. Legend. Legend. Yeah. 
Uh, DJ Justin just put in the chat a, a detail that I will not be able to <laughs> unknow is that his best friend's <gasps> parents' house had an automatic garbage disposal unit in their sink. No. That is. With a motion sensor? He, like, I think it must have. No. Like, sensed when there was food to chop up. But could you imagine if, like, the sensor was off a little yeah, bit? Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. That, that is, is unacceptable. Also, one more thing, <laughs> just so you know. Uh-huh. Fucking a goofy movie. She what? did a goofy movie? Yes. She conducted and orchestrated the score. Damn. She's, ugh, she's just, and she's, like, just a mom. She's, like. Listen, it's not hard to compose a Final Destination score. I'm right. Shirley Walker. Like, I do difficult things all the time. This is not one of them. I just love it. She's like, I did Edward Scissorhands, you fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking around with Final Destination. Come this on. This is a check to me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dude, arachnophobia. I love it. Child's Play 2. Where was it? Where was it, Shirley? She she really was the moment. She was the moment for decades. One of the tools that was created specifically for the scoring oh of this film. Oh my god. This is the grossometer. <laughs> it's so good. I I had to pause it cuz you can't see the video. I'm just playing it for everybody. It is such it is like a remarkable piece like back when you used to do like a book report project and you had to do like <laughs> yeah. an accompanying like art piece with it. This grossometer is one of the greatest handmade things I've ever seen in my Fifth life. Fifth grade <laughs> science project art. It's so good. But we thought that grossometer was far more elegant. Boobs and brains Captain is level Bob one. Fernandez, <laughs> yeah. Did the Boobs artwork for this. Gross. And we would uh, let, you know, let the orchestra know what the grosso rating was. So this one was like at about a 60 as it was filmed. But I challenged the orchestra to bring it up with their performance to and a, at least an 80. And I think the performance, really, we were close to 100 on that. <laughs> so you. level Bless one you. is boobs and burns. Level right. two is dismemberment and wiggly guts. And level three is blood spatter and brain matter. <laughs> uh, so wow. Shirley! I needed that. Shirley, bless up. I hadn't uh, even like I guess that makes sense, but like burns would seem to be almost as bad as blood spatter, but no, I guess not. Like visceral when you're watching something happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she would know, I guess. Uh, she's a, she's yeah, she did Final Destinations one through three. What is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are or what you're up to? All right, so Here's here's something that's I'm getting back into video games. This isn't exciting or fun or anything or funny. I'm sorry, Zeitgeist. I'm not here to make y'all chuckle today. I'm here this to talk serious, serious shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've just started playing seven years late, The Last of Us. Oh, okay. shit. And you know what? You know, like when I was younger in my younger days, when my brain was a little more sharp, it was it was operating on all levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I wouldn't go to the internet for walkthroughs or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fuck that, man. I'm 34 years old. My brain. I'm like I ain't got time to be sitting up here waiting, like trying to find a goddamn dumpster to pull over to a wall if I don't know where it is. So I be hitting these walkthroughs <laughs> up. I be hitting these walkthroughs up and be like, all right, Last of Us. Right. And I don't know what the chapters are called. I just be like, Last of Us. Uh, stuck in dirty water, and then like find what I need, <laughs> <laughs> find what I need, and it come up, so and true. I find it, and it's always the simplest shit. And I be like, oh yeah, I walked past that like forty times. 
right. but yeah, man, it's it's a fun, it's a great There's game. There's nothing wrong with walkthroughs, you know, because and you know back in our days, the the book version, the Prima guides that mm-hmm. they used to put out for a video game. My ass was going to the library to fucking borrow like how to beat <laughs> Tomb Raider and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you used this? to have to buy books for the game yeah. walkthroughs back in the day. They don't know, You're, man. Or you do the thing where like you used to go to a bookstore and treat the bookstore like the internet. We're like, well, I'm not gonna buy it. But right. I'll sit in here, I'll write everything down, and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> uh, there's that, too. But, yeah, The yeah. Last of Us is one of those games that really, I see, like, I totally get the walkthrough shit because it's so intense at times. Like, yes. it, it doesn't exactly, like, you don't come into the same feeling like a, a Call of Duty. We're like, yeah, fuck that. What's good? It's The Last of Us. I'm here to do shit. And then you're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the, de- the deck is completely stacked against me, and it's I have to be clever. Yeah. 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 And I'm not clever. So yeah, me either. Uh, I need I need that help. I need that help. But I'm almost there. I'm at the last chapter, so I'm I'm okay. excited to finish it out and, and beat it. All right. And then by Last of Us Two. <laughs> My search history is absolutely riddled with a much lamer version of that, where it's uh, looking up crossword answers just to like yes. get through a crossword puzzle. Yeah. Wait, how do you, you do know? that? You just literally search the clue. Yeah, and oh. there's there's all sorts of websites for it, like. Hours after the New York Times puts its crossword up, you can they they have websites that are just on that shit. Um, But yeah, I'm not. I I am ashamed. I should say. No, don't be ashamed, ashamed. man. Uh, How the hell hell you supposed to know everything? What's a four letter? I don't. But I don't know a single one of them. I just (laughs) look them all up, and then I'm like, hey, and show it to my wife, and she's like, I don't care. I Jack's don't phone bill from all the crossword game <laughs> puzzle games that he uses, but he just buys the hint packs. So That's he's right. like, yeah. just throw ten dollars, ten bucks, twenty, forty, fifty. Yeah, yeah. I haven't awesome. gotten a single one in uh, a long time. And why but... do it? It's more fun. You just hit press hint, 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 <laughs> and then unless you know, <laughs> you type it. You type it. That's so right. you're still doing some work. You're still doing yeah. your thing. You know. Thank you. Know you. What? I respect that. I respect it. Maurice, what is something you think is overrated? Oh my god. Um. The Coming to America sequel. Oh, is it bad? It's so bad. And the thing about it is that it didn't have to be bad. Right. I think, you know, of course, there's all this stuff about reboots and people want to bring back these sort of, you know, very popular franchises from before. And the the movie does some things around. Well, let me be completely honest. They do a lot of shit around the old movie. It's almost like. They had an intern write down every catchphrase that has caught on from that oh, movie no. in the past 30 years and just like threw darts at a board to figure out where it could go into the movie. Off the top of my mind, do we get a in the face? Uh, something like that. Is that there sexual char- chocolate? Uh, yes, yeah, sexual chocolate is there. Is there that boy yeah. good? Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, no. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking, run it. Yeah, yeah. So right. quite literally. They, is there uh, a yes, fuck you too? I mean, I think the the <laughs> fact <hope> <laughs> that a large part of the premise is based on date rape, uh, rather casually, so I should mention, what is is a is a harbinger for just how off tone the rest of the movie kind of is. It's it's star studded cast. Don't get me wrong, right. Wes- Wesley Snipes, Tiana Taylor, Eddie. Bur- I mean, great cast. Yeah, horrible plot. Kenya Burris wrote it, so it's I know sort of was... coming to America ish. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Part of me like was really I look, I knew it came out, but part of me was like, I don't want to watch it and it not hit the same and me just ruin my weekend. So it's I've not been gonna, avoiding it's not gonna it. hit the same. I don't care how many 
edibles you take, how many joints right. you smoke, it's not going to hit the same. Because the first I, one, I, is I like... say that from personal experience, but it's just not going to hit the same. <laughs> right. There are <laughs> there are laughs though. I've I've heard there are laughs. Like there's. I some... mean, it's a it's a comedy, so yeah. ostensibly there are laughs. Yeah, but actually, yeah. Is yeah. this okay? But is there the rib- there don't get me wrong. There's some people that saw it that loved it. I mean, sure, if you sure, can suspend sure, yeah. disbelief and plot holes and flimsy characterization, it's right. probably a very funny movie. I'm not saying you have to go into it like thinking about it, but it's right. also just not that good. Right. I mean, the it, original was an R. This is a PG-13, so that kind of gives you a bit of a sense of uh, how toned down some things are. It's just not that good. Right. The original. I mean, I saw like a of like a clip. Yeah, I saw a clip that they put on social of like the barber shop and seeing all those characters come back. And my first thought was like, "Yo, Why are they still alive? alive? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. first of all, they're still alive. And also, they didn't age because even with their old Thank makeup. You. But then you look at you <laughs> look like you. fucking Semi and Akeem, uh, and you're like, Yo, these motherfuckers got old, right? <laughs> but the dudes in the and, the, and the barbers the are the same. same age. They're still at the same shop, like." gentrification mm. hasn't wiped all of that out. it's ridiculous right. where he's like i'm gonna sell my brownstone for 10 million dollars <laughs> and i was like okay i get it we got some gentrification humor in there but it's it's yeah, not okay. it's not good is kenny yeah. barris from new york because it's a very new york movie i don't know the first one at least it was like a very he's from I mean, la i think yeah yeah i mean come on man but they bring back pretty much every character except for lisa's sister and samuel l jackson other than that, uh, I think every other character from the movie is probably in there. I don't think <laughs> I don't think the deadbeat landlord is in. No, he's not in it. But is Eric LaSalle else... in it? No, no, Eric LaSalle is not in it. Okay. Oh, okay. And he, he made some interview about why he was not going to be a part of it or whatever, but oh, it's probably really? for the best, given how bad the movie is. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean I'm I Daryl was like, you know, the iconic bad guy, you know, with his soul glowing, his getting his Jerry Curl juice all over the fucking couch. Yeah, Man. those those kinds of jokes do not exist in this movie, right? Because those are like super on point. That so you're saying it kind of just got overly broad or something? Like it just they they introduced a lot of new characters. There is a lot of it was filmed, I think, in Rick Ross's mansion. Um, <laughs> what the it's, fuck? It's <laughs> wait, is that like a joke? Or are you saying literally? No, 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 no it's Rick not Ross's a joke. It's mansion. not a joke. It's like. <laughs> The literal musician rapper Rick Ross in his mansion, like, oh, because of like COVID things. No, this was this movie was supposed to come out in 2019. They've sat on it for like a whole year. Wow. Okay. Man, that that is a real bummer to me that Frankie Faison doesn't come back as the deadbeat landlord because real he- like people who really like coming to america like those are some of the- <laughs> those are yeah. some of my favorite lines right like, where it's like yeah it's a real shithole you're gonna love it <laughs> and, and the, the reason that i the reason i'm saying it's overrated because like i see a lot of promotion around it i'm seeing a lot of interviews around it i'm not seeing a lot of good i mean twitter people on twitter are like oh this is hilarious it's not a good movie <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it seems like everything when you even just search a review like it's universally it's like either tepid or they're slamming it so yeah lots of musical performances for some reason which are not really i mean there are musical performances uh, in the first movie of course you know she's your yeah. queen to be all that you know soul glow theme of, of course but like gladys knight does a rendition of midnight train to zamunda that's like <laughs> Why? No, we don't need to do that. God damn. Okay. There that are why? details. The description fucked me up, Maurice. <laughs> That's the second detail in a row that I'm like, why is he making shit up? 
<laughs> no, Marvin, stop smearing this with this slander. This is all made up. This is just and and the thing is, like the, the of course, like the Queen to Be song that I think like the Chancellor, one of the consorts, sing is in the credits. It's not even in the actual movie. It's in the credits, sung by John Legend, pretty well. But it's in the credits. Damn. Yeah. It's no. just not. It's I think it's one good. of the things too. Like, are we like, cause we we're so close to the original thing too, where do you think it will invite a new audience? Cause I know it's, I feel like it sounds like how I would feel like when the star Wars prequels came, I'm like, they didn't need to fuck with it like that. They has something going, but I don't know. I just think the comedy was perhaps edgier. Mm-hmm. I think that's true of a lot right. of comedy. Like when you, you go know? back and watch some of the, like true lies is one that like, mm. When you when you go back and watch that, like there's no way they have that Bill <laughs> Bill Paxton character saying ass like a ten year old boy like <laughs> <laughs> in a modern movie. And, yeah, like the vet gets him wet. Yeah, like, it's the nineties, man. Because it was right. basically we turned up the eighties even hotter, right. but like yeah. did it with some like nice sheen and CG right. effects, basically. Yeah, it felt like there was more sort of picking at black culture i think a little bit because the dichotomy that's set up in coming to america is like rich affluent africans meet regular people from new york right and coming to america coming to america that's another reason why it's bad yeah um sort of does this like weird connecticut yankee and king arthur's court kind of thing with Mm. uh with akeem's bastard son i mean i'm ruining the plot a little bit but like it's not good it's just not good Shit. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. What is uh what's something you think is underrated? Getting out of bed before 4 p.m. I think uh you know, <laughs> I think <laughs> I feel like just people should try it. I've been doing this thing where I I open my eyes. I wake up at 9.30 every day, mm. probably. Beautiful. I'm not out of bed until uh, until 4.30 sometimes. I just stare at the ceiling, look at my phone, and then, um, and then, and that's my whole day. I start my day. This is the earliest I've been out of bed. In oh, and we're honored that you would do that for us. Yeah, you know, I almost canceled. Cause, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's getting a little bit before 4. It'll be right there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What time you go to sleep? Let me see. I wake up at nine, so eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go. really, you sleep from eight to four. <laughs> Resting. Well, from I eight wouldn't to call four. it sleep. I state I, of rest. I, I. It's more like I ruminate. I. It's a deep uh-huh. state of oh, rumination wow. from eight to four. <laughs> of existential um, dread, looking directly yeah. at the ceiling. Yeah. You know, just pondering. I think mm-hmm. pondering is a good word for it. Postulating. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, sleep is not, sleep is the least of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Take your pick at the moment. Right. Yeah. I was just in, in researching this daylight savings article, like one of the arguments against changing it is that kids will have to go to school in the, in the dark if we don't like do the daylight savings thing. Okay, well, if you're familiar with the American education system, you know these kids are already in the dark. Yeah, I was about you to say, have you? <laughs> Based on our history books, everyone has been in the dark for quite <laughs> some time now. You got to open your third eye, children. 
that's also a made up problem because kids shouldn't have to go to school at like six in the morning every morning. Like they should. Yeah. Like doctors say they should be going to school late, like nine thirty. Yeah. Let them go. It's insane. Yeah. It's yeah. like how far are we going to go to the that we we have to shelter kids from the concept of nighttime? <laughs> right. Like yeah. Okay. You can see the sun when it's down, but it's got to be at six in the morning. You can't. Yes. You gotta. You know. You gotta slowly introduce kids to it you know yeah they got to know it's coming out in a in a half hour or so right oh man i mean hey we made it with daylight savings we were fucked about by this unpredictable timeline that we call our time system or whatever this is but the time system yep yeah the time system system. yeah but yeah just like what they said was the other thing we always because we brought this up on the show before like there's more car accidents people getting just it's yeah. just it's just doesn't help anybody like there's physical ramifications yeah. that play out statistically when you do this shit yeah we're adaptable we'll we'll figure it out if it's happening slowly over the course of time but why why like just throw a curveball at us in the middle of the year yeah also we're not all farmers we're not we're like mostly not farmers uh yeah, mostly, yeah at this point yeah <laughs> like statistically <laughs> Statistically, if you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. yeah. the number of people who are not farmers, pretty high. Oh, there's so many of them. Most of them. Now, a lot of them. These days, so many people not farmers. And you hate to see it. You hate to see it. We're losing God and farm. Thank in you. This country. You know, I, you, p- p- people talk about white people as the majority all the time. But, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's really people Non-farmers. who are not out farming. <laughs> <laughs> Non-farmers. <laughs> Kenny, what is something you think is overrated? I feel like the impact of Twitter, that's something I've learned. Like things keep happening on Twitter and I'm like, oh my God. And then I'll talk to someone that's not on there and they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) No one knows. I went on the road last fall and I was like, had all these jokes about stuff on Twitter and people in Ohio were looking at me like I was from a different planet. They were like, we don't, we watch the local news. What is this? Mr. Potato has a gender. What are you talking about? You know, like (laughs) no one... No one right. cares about what people on Twitter are talking about. And so, um, and like this whole thing is people like, ah, cancel culture. It's like, yeah, you're canceled on Twitter to like 2,000 people that don't leave their house. No right. one cares. Everyone's fine. You know? Yeah. It's interesting to see that the difference of like how people look at the things that are happening on Twitter as it relates to like outside IRL reality and the stark contrast in it is really something I think. It really, you think it's really good to um, uh, like embrace the fact how overrated it is in the context of if you have like social media induced anxiety, like if you're on Twitter and you you start being like, oh shit, I'm doom scrolling. I think the world's from the get off that shit for a second and remind yourself you live in the real world and go talk to people like in your community. Like yeah. that's that's the realest shit to Twitter you have. Like because those are people you will rely on at some point, not fucking avatars who are like, yeah, go right. Go. Well, that's like. <laughs> I, another thing I learned in that tour, I was in the middle of the country. And if you like read Twitter, everyone in the middle of the country is a racist idiot. And you like go out thinking that and then you do shows and people are like, thanks for talking about that stuff. Or I don't know. It's just like, right. It's not as stark. It's not as black and white as Twitter makes life. No. Seem. It, yeah, yeah, it definitely helps contribute to that cruel world syndrome that people can get. And I think especially when in a year like the last one we've had where we've unfortunately not had the ability to go out into physical space that much and connect with people on that level yeah that's I, that's a good point of to why the trauma of this year is like part of it is induced by the media we consume whether that's broadcast media or social media yeah i feel like twitter's 
uh, use right now is to like bubble up stories that then the mainstream media might find useful. Like the the Dr. Seuss thing uh, that we're going to talk about later would have in any, you know, ordinary universe been a story that just existed on Twitter. But because the the Fox News kind of ecosphere needed a story to focus on and drown out another story they didn't want to talk about, it became like a thing that I feel like everybody's heard about. Right. And I think, yeah, to your point, though, too, Jack, of like surfacing stories, it's like depending on the ideological bend of something, it's like it's basically ground zero for the culture wars. Like all the culture war stories are mostly extracted from Twitter on some level, like mm -hmm. aside from like policy things. But there are a lot of things that are coming out of discourse on Twitter that then evolve into some larger culture war point. And then you have Dr. Seuss is getting canceled. And it's like, what? Because <laughs> one person pointed out some shit about it earlier and that tweet blew up. And the, 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 so it drowns out the good part. Like, because also there's been some great things. Like, to your point about bubbling up stories, I don't think police brutality gets the traction that it has gotten without social media, without Twitter, right. without real time. But then everybody wants to be involved. And so people start bubbling up their story. And it's like, not now. Let's can we focus on <laughs> right. can we focus on this? I don't need to know. I don't need to talk about Dr. Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> Last night, as we all hopefully know by now, to or I guess uh Saturday night, Sunday morning, the clocks uh sprung forward. We lost an hour of sleep. So it means the sun will be setting later, it'll be rising later, but that's okay because the days are going to get longer. There's some momentum happening in Washington for legislation to basically never do, basically never fall back to standard time. Like what? So basically, the, the way the schedule works, there's four months out of the year where we are on standard time. The rest of the uh, year, we're on daylight savings time. So we're currently on daylight savings time right now. And that is the time that is basically made the most sense for the modern world. And the idea would basically be to get rid of standard time, uh, which I guess would just mean making daylight savings time st standard time. But the point is, we only use standard time for four months out of the year anyways. Not that many people really use it. Uh, it's actually counterproductive. I guess it's to allow farmers to wake up early. There but we like, go. See this big farmer agenda again. We already give them the upper house of our fucking legislature. Like, <laughs> know, what, right? <laughs> why do Senate. we need to? But yeah, like, why is it called standard? Yeah, see, that's what's what? fucking people up. Yeah, that's so. Also, weird. like. Hearing it be like, you know, nobody even fucking uses standard time. It's like that conceptually, it's just so weird to even think about. Like, no, nah, I don't use that time. That's <laughs> right. like form for, of time. <laughs> for four months, you're just like floating through a like a formless fourth dimension. You're just... <laughs> I don't fuck with standard time. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really on a schedule, bro. You know, it's like. I spend all four months on peyote. Pe Mr. Burns, just, when he's yeah. glowing and shit. When oh, yeah. The alien. <laughs> don't be afraid. <laughs> So they first introduced daylight savings time in World War One, and then brought it back during World War Two, and it was to save fuel. And it's like, yo, we—it's not like we're living through a existential disaster right now. That would be nice to save energy and stop, like, stop burning as much fuel now. It's like let's just go back to that and shit. 
Like, I mean, we are, but more long term. But then, right? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what we need to do. We need to. Oh yeah. This would save. So it would save energy. One of the one of the big reasons that people point out for like, let's keep doing doing it the way we've been doing it is that kids would have to go to school in the dark and like that can be dangerous. Just make kids go to school later. Like what that that's another thing that has been studied by science and is like, yo, this is this would be much better. They yeah, like, I... did a study where they moved the kids start time or... back 45 <laughs> minutes and they were like healthier, uh, happier, <laughs> better at school. <laughs> like what the fuck? Also, stop sheltering your kids so much. They are going to have to experience nighttime at some point. Maybe it'll be good for them to go to school before the cops wake up. You know, right. <laughs> it could be in and out before all the SROs get there. I mean, what the fuck is the. Uh, okay, I get it. Is I guess it's so dark or whatever, but I, it's. The more you started saying all these arguments about uh, going against why we still keep it, I'm like, yeah, what, what really was the point of it all? And like with school. Yeah, it absolutely should start later, regardless of the daylight savings thing. Yeah, regardless. Because ask any teacher, ask any person who had been in high school, junior high. I could never fucking stay awake because I'm like already Mm -hmm. going through adolescence. My body's doing all kinds of crazy shit. I'm trying to grow. And on top of that, I'm like, I can barely like I would need nine hours of sleep. So to wake up like at 630 to try and make class, I'm already walking in like shit. Help yeah. the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I pulled the study about waking up later from a study that had nothing to do with daylight savings time. It was just about like the American Academy of Pediatrics is just like, yo, we need to start sending kids to school later. We are making them sick uh, by yeah. like waking them up this early. So that's just a benefit. Let them stare at the ceiling till 4 p.m. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. You doy a thought leader yeah. on sleep science. <laughs> But like, wait, because what are they saying the standard should be for a school, like for school to start? Uh, They did 45 minutes later. At, so they, they just studied like a shift from uh in oh, one of, school district right. and moved it back 45 minutes and saw improved sleep reductions in tardiness, dramatic improvements to behavior problems, like dramatic improvements to behavior problems. And so they issued a recommendation that no school start earlier than 8.30, no middle or high school, because that's when, like, people start... You're getting weird, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. thing, things start getting a little weird. Although, I don't know why, like, why send kids so early in the first place. It's just because, like, parents, I guess, go to work so early, and so they need to, yeah. like, drop their kids off. Just let parents come to work a little bit later, you assholes. Like, what right? the fuck? Or fucking wow. work less. How about yes. that? We've all found out oh, people yeah. don't need to be working all these hours they work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, look, now we're describing some fucking commie utopia now, and, like, get your head out, Jack, because that ain't never happening yeah, here. Yeah, this commie utopia uh, is being forwarded by... Uh, Super progressive <laughs> left winger Marco Rubio. <laughs> he's like he's driving a lot of the. I think he's just like maybe we should just let he's him always uh, only one, work though. on shit that like doesn't really matter and is depoliticized. Maybe as good ideas on on other shit, but he's always been on this. You're right, right. Well, because can you imagine though? Just because Marco Rubio, like now you got like Chuck Schumer being like, oh, this is this is racism. I, I think they've <laughs> I think they've got like a bipartisan commission, fortunately. Yeah. Right. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, this just feels like because everything's so partisan. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait for all the uh for all the liberals to be like, you know, black people would thrive more in uh in standard time. Yeah, like, black, <laughs> like what? What? You notice productivity in African Americans rises for four months right. a year. Where do you think that comes from? Uh, no, I, I, thanks, so, Coach Saban. Uh, I'll just uh, <laughs> I'll lift the waist over here. <laughs> but like, yeah, I do. My fucking high school started at seven forty-five. I was walking into that what? motherfucker dead yeah. as shit. Yo, yeah, I yeah. I had totally forgotten how early school was until I had kids, and then I was like, "What the fuck?" Like they they <laughs> even go late, like they get there at eight thirty, but like that's still like fucking early. And then they get out at like the kids in the upper school get out at like two thirty or like three o'clock. Yeah. It's like, why are we doing? Why did we just shift everything way the fuck forward? Like, oh, but yeah. you know what though? It's because of the way it's set up though though. Is like that allows us in our like puberty, adolescent, teen years to really fuck up and make mistakes without yeah, adult to supervision. Because I'm like, find out. yo, yeah. life began for me at 2 p.m. Oh hell you yeah, you know what I mean? Oh and yeah, that's where I was. That's where my education fucking started for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably that also why like sports, like sports, is another big argument for why we need uh because like kids would have to. Like it, it wastes energy to have to light a football field for practice or whatever. So kids sure. would have to leave school a little bit early to play sports. But like that, it's just like, first of all, kids don't need to play sports if they're getting out and their like family is already off of work when they're getting out of school. So like, right. yeah, I don't know. Also, maybe uh, spend that money on things that enrich kids' lives as opposed to, like, the other shit you're spending fucking money on. <laughs> right. right. You know? Right. Maybe lighting a football field is a little bit more beneficial to that kid's life than uh than fucking having cops at the school, you know? Yeah, or, right. like, food. Yeah, or food. food. <laughs> or you know food. I mean? Like, it, there's the you amount know? of poverty that's being experienced by students, too. It's like... <laughs> but I, I just, in general, like... I, I know so many people who, and I don't know if it was because of the pandemic, but this this year when daylight saving, or I guess standard time hit, it just seemed like the sun was going down at fucking noon. Like it was just going down so early this winter. I think yeah. just because everybody was kind yeah. of in a bleak mood, it just like uh, piled on, but fuck. Yeah. I think time was just moving different. I, th yeah. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if time got like a big check. Time was just right. acting different. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, time is definitely hitting different right now. Yeah, time was like, yeah, I got a new whip. I got a new baby mama. I got all type of <laughs> like, got, damn time. Slow down, like, <laughs> bro. Why you why you acting different, man? You know me. It's me. <laughs> just cashed out my whole daylight savings. Got a Tesla. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> There, there's a BuzzFeed quiz uh, that uh, claims with a lot of confidence uh, that they're going to tell you how old you are based on your uh, food preferences. Just picking 60 fucking items off a list. They're yeah. saying, we'll fucking, we'll zero in on your ass knowing if you like, just pick and just click what you like off this 60 item menu, motherfucker. And we'll know, we'll carbon date your ass. We'll cut you in half and count the rings. So I just want to first allow people to know what's on this list because it's interesting they're, the way they're trying to triangulate things. The first 30 are definitely like young people right. dishes, acai bowls, avocado toast, impossible burger, cronut, kombucha, charcoal ice cream. Okay, fine. Zoodles, cold pressed juice. You get it. And then the next list is more like, okay, let's see how, how old you are with it. Ambrosia, meatloaf, 
fig rolls, butter pecan ice cream, which I was like, well, hold on. Don't act like there's an age to butter. That, that shit is. Yeah, really what good. the fuck? Coleslaw, potato salad, fruit cake, licorice, jello, oatmeal, raisin bran, shit like that. So I went through, I clicked what I like, and I will report that with near, I will be 37 this year. It said I, I am 38 years old. And it got me within two years. It said I was 38 and I'm 40. So. And it got me within four. It said I was 38. I'm 34, but I'm an old soul. There you right. go. See, yeah. damn, we're so we're all we all clocked in at 38. Yeah. Maybe wow. that's just what maybe it's just like this our average readership is 38 years old. Just tell everybody they're 38. I just yeah. did a uh <laughs> I just did a experiment where I picked none on the first screen and picked like the ones that I chose from the second screen. Uh and it said I was 50. Ah. And the wording. We were close, weren't we? If not, there's probably a food or two you checked off that you don't actually like. What? Easy. Huh? All right, guys. Settle the fuck down. <laughs> the fuck? Full, like, well, there was a couple that were like it? a clear trap. It was like jello molds. And it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, you're just trying to. Hard one candies? One was literally hard candies. Nah. It's like, come on. That's. that's. See, you know what? They almost caught me, though, because I was thinking, because I like, I was like, well, what kind? You know, yeah, I like, said there are I like hard candies. I, candies. Like, I but, like Jolly Ranchers. I like fucking blow pops. But they made it look like the grandma and grandpa candy dish that right. you never that you were always disappointed you pulled the candy out of as a kid. And the Jello is actually just Jello. It's not Jello molds, but they do use a picture that looks like the old ass Jello molds yeah. from like a seventies cookbook. One hundred percent. Pretzels is an old person food. No, I I mean pretzels. I think is it's timeless. Pretzels are timeless. They're timeless. Yeah. Yes. Grapefruit juice is in the old person category, I'm assuming, because it's with all the, it's with like tapioca pudding. I know. what is that like? (laughs) Tapioca pudding is like, that's, that's what they serve to people whose, whose teeth have failed them. I I clicked, (laughs) I clicked it. I like tapioca pudding. Yeah, who does it? (laughs) I like it too. I love it. It's so good. Uh, Well, all right. So maybe you did right. Y'all take the quiz too. Let us know how accurate it is. Yeah. I'm curious if, like, I wonder if, you know, I'm sure there's some data nerd there who knows, like, there's probably ones that are really loaded. Right. You know what I mean? That will swing the age at a certain point. So do some sleuthing, y'all. Get back to us. Yeah, Meatloaf definitely pulled me up, like, five years. Because I checked the shit out of Meatloaf. Yeah, but I like, Oh, so you're 70. We thought you were 25. But there's, like, so many, like, uh, new spins on Meatloaf out there, like, in the, on the, uh, blog you know the food right. blogs that i i could see that being a popular one whole milk makes me old fuck out of here well then you know call me moses dairy makes you old jack any dairy come on yeah now. what dairy, are you doing i that's the older i get the less dairy i can take so um damn take that take that let's take a quick break we'll be right back And we're back. What is uh what's something that you think is underrated? Ooh, uh one thing that is underrated is uh buying door-to-door churros. I this was my first experience Where with was it? there this was, ended up being a bizarre situation, but like my landlord was having uh, some stuff dropped off at our apartment and was like, "Hey, someone's going to be dropping off some stuff." And I was like, "Okay, no problem." And then the guy got there and he was just like, he dropped off. It was like cleaning something. I don't know. It was some landlord shit. 
And then the guy was like, by the way, do you guys want churros? And I was like, what do you mean? And and, and then we were like talking to him for 10 minutes about his churro business. And he was like, you know, I'm trying to get to gluten free. I'm not quite a gluten free, but I am at dairy free. And like he just and then he was like, I could come back in 20 minutes with like a shitload of churros. And we were like, OK. And then so, so if you live in L.A. and you want these churros, I'll plug him. It's at Hippie house. Churros. And Hippie it, Churros? At Hippie Churros. They're not gluten free yet, but they are dairy free. Don't need and, them to be. There, I I've been munching on them for a whole day, and it was it was not how I expected that delivery for my landlord to go. But I was it was the yeah. first human interaction I'd had in several days, and it went so well because it, wow. it because then I got a bunch of delicious, reasonably priced churros straight to my like door. A, sounds like there a like a scene from How to with John Wilson. Right. he's like yeah. explains like and then my landlord had someone drop stuff off and we talked <laughs> and it turns out he wanted to talk a lot about churros Tur- so about i his followed dream. him to his churro uh, factory and they're pretty good <laughs> and then the guy's like yeah i got him to almost they're not gluten-free but they're dairy-free he's that was the fourth time he said that in the in 10 minutes if it had been i mean it's like because it's like i do have time if, if it were safe it would have been fun to invite him in and be like What's your story, man? Because yeah, he, he was wearing like sunglasses that were like the shape of churros? <laughs> stars. Oh, I was hoping <laughs> and, churros. I and mean. they had yellow lenses. And I was like, this this guy's yeah. a businessman. He's he's wheeling <laughs> and dealing. <laughs> That's what like, that tells me. The <laughs> <laughs> guy's wearing heart, no, uh, star-shaped sunglasses. I'm like, I better take this guy seriously. Yeah. And um, I, I can vouch for the churros. They're delicious. I'm right. loving them. And what what kind of cut are you getting off of these uh, churro recommendations? Yeah. That I'm just I just love a local business, okay, and I okay. love an assertive person showing yeah. up. I feel like I would not have gotten to that point in the conversation. So I <laughs> I really I want to figure out how to like have that John Wilson Jamie Loftus like finding out what's interesting about people i would i would I just, just don't be slam so the door in people's shut- faces, faces. <laughs> <laughs> i would just be it's not that i i'm not like mean i'm just like so avoidant and like right. shut off that i would never be able to get to the point of him offering to sell me churros i think you just gotta say yes to life Jack. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's the man what it is. shows up in the star-shaped sunglasses yeah. you say well, tell me more you say yes. say less yes. to that man Oh, <laughs> I, I and now him. I'm like, does my landlord know him? Is it like I don't I I wasn't clear on like that. Right. I don't the know. Landlord's like you didn't but, use churros, did you? Did I <laughs> yeah, but I contacted her and she was just like, oh, uh, you didn't eat those churros. Please, <laughs> don't. <laughs> That's a, it's like the ring. It's at seven yeah. days to live. No, those are delicious. Yeah. Love it. Love at hippie churro, if you want some delicious groovy churros that's how they advertise themselves delicious groovy churros you're plugging this so hard i feel like what you did was take a first bite in front of them that you didn't like and you're like oh, oh. why like, you like them right <laughs> these are good oh no no He's like, you hate them don't you know i love them like, i'm going on a po- i'm going on a podcast tomorrow actually where i'm gonna tell people about how much i like yeah you're fucking lying no i swear starman 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 it's okay Star- Star- uh, bro, bro. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. 
uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.